This is Beetle, and you're listening to the Night Party Podcast. I hope you enjoy it, because I don't. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. It's just another solo monologue today. Got no guest in, but that's all right. We haven't spent some time together, you and I, for a minute, have we? Got some new equipment in too. Sounds a little bit nicer, doesn't it? Finally found a mic that actually matches my nasal drone. But I'm not getting sponsored by the company, so they can, I'm not going to let you know what it is unless you email me. Speaking of email, you could reach me at knifepartypod at yahoo.com because I keep it old school. Just like we keep it all on the cutting room floor, obviously. Haven't said that hashtag. We are available early and often at the Patreon, patreon.com slash knifepartypod. For only $1, you get episodes like this early and often. Also, um, I'm doing, for every two episodes on our regular feed, I am doing another one, so you get 33% more content. Actually, let's bump it up to 34. So that way it's in total absolution. We're going to talk about a movie I just watched an hour ago, and then I decided I needed to set everything up because it was that bad, and that is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Now, this podcast has kind of evolved. I don't know if you've been listening from the get. They're all on there for free, though, so you might as well go back and listen to them. But we start off with Kevin Conroy, his death, who is my favorite Batman of all time, the Batman animated series guy, he also did all the video games. And um, after that, I did uh, Terminator, the first Terminator, which still rocks 100% in Rotten Tomatoes and is probably, it is one of my favorite movies. Is my favorite movie? I think Robocop kind of beats it. Predator definitely is is up there too, but... um. And I, I kind of started with the classics. You know, this was your retro sci-fi horror movie podcast. You know, I tried to be niche. And I still am. You know, I'm still all about that. I'm not going to do every movie. But when people request movies or if a movie is so obscure or just so out there that it has to be covered, we're kind of dripping into the cult status. So I'm kind of changing the rules a little bit here. If you're retro sci-fi or horror... You don't have to be all three from now on. That's that's the rule. You don't you don't have to be twenty years old for me to review, especially if you're a movie like this. Some movies just need to be covered, especially that a lot of people. And I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of Cocaine Bear and that's coming, Butt Boy and that's coming, or this movie. But there's just so many obscure culty movies coming out right now that really need to be addressed. 
because there's a lot of people reviewing them and they don't know a lot about movies or at least the movies I've seen. Like I've seen some bad fucking movies. I mean, I think Joe Bob Briggs is the only person that have seen as many horror, sci-fi, retro, culty movies as I have. And he's still better than me. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to put myself above Joe Bob. He's a fucking god as far as I'm concerned. In fact, he's the one that got me kind of into horror movies. If you don't know who Joe Bob Briggs is, go on YouTube and and go look that shit up right now. Cuz you will uh you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you do that. Got to pump my mic down a little bit. Sorry about that. So, um this is a movie that was made um and I think they did it they did it in a hurry. This is only filmed in 10 days. It had a budget of $100,000. That's it. I don't know of any movie that's been made on that low of a budget that this had so much promotion and um, reverence for. I mean, everyone's... This is a shitty thing. A lot of people, I think, are making movies that they're, it's, quote-unquote, so bad it's good. You need to see it. You don't need to see this movie. Um, it, it isn't so bad. I don't think there's such a thing as so bad. It's good. I think there's a thing where it's, it's so funny. It's not horror. For instance, American Wealth in London comes to mind. Evil Dead 2 comes to mind. Uh, Dead Alive comes to mind. I'm sorry. I forgot the original title of that. That was the, um, Peter Jackson's first film where we have the lawnmower chainsaw scene. Um, of course, Night Living Dead or sorry, uh, Return of the Living Dead is so funny it's not scary but it's still scary kind of thing this is trying to be that and it does it fails it is not good um 10 days worth of filming and that budget it just it does not translate well but here's the shittiest thing it seems like a bunch of people wanted to film a movie and they wanted to get a uh niche so they go oh shit well, the rights to Winnie the Pooh, because it came out in 1922, are over. Now, Disney only owns the likeness of Winnie the Pooh and that they don't own the original story. So when that story became available, there was a small window for someone to make a movie out of it. And these people just jumped on it. I don't know who directed this. I don't know who wrote it. That's not the reason why you're listening to this episode. The re- reason why you're listening to this episode is because I'm going to dissect it. Like I said, when we first started, I was telling you who made the movie, what it got on Rotten Tomatoes, like some fun facts behind it, all that stuff. I went in blind at 8 o'clock. Actually, if you want to be really technical, 8.39 p.m. tonight. As we're recording right now, it is 11.57. So after I watched the movie, I took vigorous notes, which I took a lot of notes for a movie that really had a lot of nothing. And uh, I just set up my equipment and said, you know what, we're going to do this. Plus, I want to try out this new mic. I I really did. I'm not going to lie. But I really didn't want to cover this anyway. As soon as I heard of a rumor there's going to be a serial killer, Winnie the Pooh, I was like, are you serious? This movie's going to suck. You know, I mean, it's... The only movie that really gets a low-budget 
bump in his good recently to me would be Willy's Wonderland. That movie was fantastic. And it was based off Five Nights at Freddy's and it came out real quick. And yes, it was low budget, but Nick Cage kicks ass in it. And um, it's actually funny. Well, this movie is not funny. This movie seems like it's trying to be a horror comedy, but it's not. It's a failed horror movie. You have to be scary in order to be horror. It's got gore in it, yeah, but the gore is all CGI and looks like garbage. There's a couple of cool kill scenes, but then you see CGI in it, and you're like, oh, man, you know, why can't just people use practical effects? I don't know what it is. All right, so fucking let's get started on this movie. But let's... Uh, you know what? I have some ads to do. So as I do it, let's play a song by Kenny Loggins about Winnie the Pooh. All right, here we go. First off, if you want your adult beverages, you need to go to Caps and Cork. Caps and Cork at 21 Rancho Square in Vallejo, California. If you're sick of fentanyl because you live in Vallejo and you're sick of wine because you live in Napa, well, guess what? Right in the middle, there is Caps and Cork. They have a fine selection of adult beverages, including whiskeys, wines, and, of course, craft beers. One quarter of this whole building is full with craft beers you cannot find anywhere. We're talking microbrews, we're talking sours, we're talking savories, we're talking uh, hazies, we're talking porters, we're talking stouts, we're talking everything. I went there recently because they have this deal where it's buy 10 or buy nine, get the 10th for a penny. I'm nutty and lying. I got seven beers I never even had before. It was amazing. The only problem is after you drink three of them, the fourth one, you forget what it drink tastes like, but that's okay. They also have one of my favorite Zinfandels there, too, uh, Godfather. They're not a sponsor, but still, uh, their 2017 or 15 Zin is terrific. Um, yeah, go check out Caps and Cork. And uh, if you want to know what kind of great people they are, go listen to the stuff episode, because guess what? They were on it. Yeah, Mr. Sharky is, uh, they're both a bunch of D&D nerds that love horror movies as well. So, yeah, go support local nerds. And I think they're going to be at a shipping basis soon. Let's hope. So even if you're out of state, there you go. Also, I want to shout out all my Patreons. But most importantly, I would like to shout out my uh, uh, good friends over at Pod is Killing Me. The unofficial typo negative podcast, but I'm the biggest typo negative fan I know, so I'm going to make it official. So unless Kenny or Johnny or Josh wants to come at me, it is the official typo negative podcast. So there you go. I mean, shit, I even have a typo negative intro that I did myself. Um, throwing it out there, just, you know, Jonathan at fallen at hoodcast af go listen to them if you're into collectibles and there you go there's there's my my little live read there and of course myself jesus christ go sign up for a dollar at uh hoodcast or <laughs> hoodcast fuck them actually don't even you know what don't even listen to them no you go to go to patreon.com and you go to knife party pod sorry kenny loggins got me all buggered 
Sleeping there with my bear by his side. I can't believe we're going to talk about a horror movie that this movie, so <laughs> that this song is talking about. See, this is what happens when I don't have a guest. I just battle on. All right, enough for you, Kenny. Let's get into this movie by the trailer. See you, Kenny. You know, you're the first person I've ever shown this place to. Why am I so special? Because soon we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. You should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years, and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave. Now. I really need to find out what's happened here, OK? Did you see how it's a pool? We need to go! There's... The There's someone else outside. What was that? Why are you doing this, please? I would have never left that swear, I So, just real quick, this movie gets a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes for good reason. I actually, for the first time in my entire career, as being your illustrious podcast host, agree with 14%. I was going to go 17, but 14 sounds better. Meaning, besides Scream Baby Scream, this is the worst movie I have reviewed thus far. Is it worth a watch? No. Scream Baby Scream is actually worth a watch because it's so bad. This is like bad, mediocre bad, meaning it's a nothing. It's a nothing burger. It really sucks. It is terrible. So let's fuck this pig, shall we? All right. So we start out with the introduction with the characters, the best part of the movie. Here's what I mean. We get introduced to Christopher Robin, and this is all done in a um pencil drawing type form that actually looks like the original book that was made in 22 where everything is very kind of crude like uh charcoal kind of like our pencil you know scratches and we see that christopher robin is hanging out with eeyore and owl and piglet and everything else and then he decides to leave because he needs to go to school he needs to go to college he's going to become a doctor apparently and then Christopher Robin apparently brought all this food and and stuff to hang out with him when he was over, right? Well, that shit happens when he leaves. So now the uh, the animals 
Oh, by the way, they say that they're hybrid animals, that they're not like actual real animals, you know, that they speak and they're, you know, part human or something, or they allude to that. They say they're anapomorphic or anap whatever. They're, they're, fucking, they're fucking animal people, all right? Jesus Christ. And um, anyway, he leaves, and then uh, the cartoon's over, and it gets really dark and cool where they go, let's kill Eeyore, because now that there's no food, they result to cannibalism. This is the best part of the movie. After this, it's just a shit show downhill. It's like they use all their creativity. This is a double pumper. That's all it is. So after this, this movie takes a dark turn downhill. And I don't mean dark like it gets dark. I mean, it does, but uh, I'm just saying it sucks. So the next scene, we see Christopher Robin and his uh, fiance, girlfriend. I don't know. They don't really explain it. By the way, this movie does a very bad job telling you whose name who is. So there's five girls in this movie that are our main characters. They barely revert to any of them by name. So I'm just gonna kind of give them nicknames. If they're insulting and if you are triggered, don't listen to my podcast. Sorry. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying, I'm just gonna describe them as they are because we don't get names for them for the most part, all right? So anyway, it's five years later and Chris and his love come over. I, it's his fiance. He's like, soon would be quit. Oh, you heard it in the goddamn trailer. And uh, uh, he brings her to like Pooh Corner where they all will, you know, the, he wants to show him his childhood friends, if you will. And she thinks it's bullshit that it's all in his head. That's all imaginary. And he goes, no, they really exist, really exist. And she goes, you know, your imagination is what makes you a great person. And then um, anyway, she doesn't believe it all, right? So he tries to prove it. Turn the page. Uh, and then they go to like this campground area and he sees all these honey pots and there's like blood around them. Ooh. Blood and honey. Instead of saying the name of the movie, you actually just showed it. This will happen often. Anyway. They find the tree stump that Pooh gets his head stuck in, which, by the way, you would think would be used later on the movie. It's not. Like, I thought at the end of the movie for sure that Pooh was going to get his head stuck in the honeypot and it was going to get decapitated and that was, like, going to be the end and it would have been cool. Uh, not cool, but at least, like, an ending. We don't even get that out of this. This this fucker sucks. It's a cock tease and not even a good way because some of them exist out there. But anyway... Uh, they find this like tree stump and they go inside and it's like now like a hunter's lodge is full of like bones and antlers. There's a lit lantern, which should have been like a red flag. Like who the fuck lit that lantern? But anyway, because everyone knows if you ever had a cyclone lantern, they, they you have to watch them first off. They're a fire hazard. B, they only last a certain amount of time, you know, like probably about four or five hours, depending on how full it is. So uh, anyway, um they like hear someone coming in and Chris and her hide. Now a creature lies in the bed and she's hiding. Like, I, I don't even know her name. I think it's Maria or May or whatever. It starts with M. We'll just call her M. So M hides uh, at, at like the foot post of this bed. Chris hides underneath the bed. It's the exact same scene from um, Friday 13th part two, except for not good. So anyway, uh, then you see, like this bonfire is lit and there's a bunch of Airstream trailers 
Second off, Airstream trailers are super expensive. I don't know how they got a four-piece matching set of Airstreams. It's around the bonfire, around this goddamn tree. And then um, Piglet, oh, her name's Mary. I have it written down here, finally. So Piglet attacks Mary with a chain, you know, and he snaps her neck. And, and, and this is like one of the coolest shots. You see like the look of her when she gets her neck snap actually looks very realistic. And then uh, he goes, you killed my wife. And we're like, wait, you guys were married? I thought you guys were dating to be engaged or are engaged. Anyway, so Pooh and Piglet, then corner Chris. Christopher Robin is all like, well, I didn't do anything to you. I love you. And then they corner him and, and they have him stuck. And then it shows a cartoon of them killing and burning him. We'll get into that in a second. So now we have our opening credits and there's newspaper clippings and it tries to do the whole seven thing, but it fails dramatically at it. I mean, dramatically, like it, it fails so bad. Like a college kid could have done this. I'm surprised this movie actually costs as much as it did. I think most of it was spent on promotion. <sighs> God damn it. We're not even fucking 21 and 12 seconds into this podcast and I don't even know where to go here do you mind if I have a sip of wine I'm gonna have a sip of wine and with the crisp clack of the claw <sighs> that's better okay where the hell was I yeah so now anyway we see this girl is driving through the 100-acre wood. Written in blood, by the way. One would think you would go, eh, not a good idea. And I mean, it's not even, it's like dramatic fake red blood. You know, it's not like dripping and shit. It's not like written in red paint that could be blood. It's like, no, this is clearly horror movie blood. And uh, she's trying to get gas and she goes over to, to the petroleum station and all these petroleum stations are super old. They're not digital. They're the old gauge ones and everything else, right? She walks in and, you know, uh, oh, wait, first, no, she talks to her therapist and her therapist is like, you should get out, you know, like you should get out and, and uh, 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 you know, away from everybody and get out in nature and feel good because apparently she was stalked. We'll get that later. So uh, she meets up with the attendant and the attendant's like uh, a, a white redneck guy. This is filmed in England, by the way. Total English accent. I mean, English like like uh, American, a TV accent, like what I have. And he's like, yeah, you know, those haven't worked forever. You should go up two miles up. By the way, there is like a Subaru Impreza, like a race car that's just trashed there. And that car does not belong there. It really does not. Unless like they're in on it, which they aren't. Which I thought they were going to be, which would be kind of a cool plot twist. But again, this movie is definitely a, te a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff where, oh, there's no gas. You have to go up here and then they trap you. You know, I, actually, I think Hills of Eyes also did that. But either way, the shitty thing is there's no payoff to that, though. It's not like it's actually going to come in fruition. It's not uh, Redshift's gone or whatever. It doesn't happen. So anyway, this redhead friend, um, oh, because you also see her four other friends or whatever, like, show up. They're in the car, too. You just didn't realize they were there. And they're like, girl, let's go. Da, da, da. Actually, they're English. They're like, um, boy, let's go find things and antiques and whatnot. I, they don't actually sound like that. I just suck at British accents right now because I'm, I'm just trying to fucking power through this. So the redhead friend gets lost. 
And uh, she's actually one of the hottest girls in this because she has red hair. Enough said. Um, and uh, she calls the other girls, but she has poor, like, reception. And then uh, Pooh comes out. She she uh, uh, hides from Pooh in an abandoned mill. And now her shirt gets ripped off. We get to see her titties. That's pretty cool. And then her head is bashed, like, on a steel entryway to a wood chipper. That effect is pretty cool. And then she gets chipped up. And that effect is okay. And now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to see attractive women get wood chipped, but this is, of course, a horror movie, so deal with it. Anyway, now they have to throw in some wokeness. So two of the girls are lesbians, and one of them has this whole, like, rose petal thing on the bed. Here's what I mean why it's a lesbian agenda. This has nothing to do with the fucking movie whatsoever. It's supposed to be like a girl's retreat because we find out that the main girl actually was being stalked by this like creepy old guy that like undressed her once when she was sleeping in her house and went away. And this is the reason for the retreat. Even though we never even come back to this fact, they just gotta let us know that that's the way they're doing it. But here's the thing I was saying. If you're gonna have a girl's retreat, you don't want, okay. If I'm going camping with my friends, and it's like, dude, dudes only, we're just gonna camp, we're gonna show our dicks, throw sticks at each other and drink beer. Yes, that's what we do. And um, it's totally it's totally not gay though. Cause I mean, you know, showing your dicks is like totally, totally straight. Especially if you're drunk and wearing kilts and have weapons. And that's what we do. Um, the last thing you want is someone bringing over their girlfriend. It's like, dude, really? And it's nothing wrong with girls or anything wrong with that, but it's like the mentality changes when you bring anything relationship in because the idea of getting away is that you're totally free from everything that you're escaping for that weekend or week or whatever, your vacation. You're supposed to be escaping. You're supposed to just be like, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go nuts. You know, I'm not going to hurt myself or hurt anybody or hurt my relationships but I just want to be free, you know, for a little bit. I want to go camping. I want to go to this, you know, and that's what they're doing. They're going to this like B&B in the middle of nowhere. Why would you bring your girlfriend? Even if you are a girl and it's a girl's trip out, don't bring your girlfriend, leave her at home. Anyway, so at least they do that. So we have the woke box checked. Now, luckily they don't force this home because that would make this movie even worse. Um, in fact, they don't at all. I actually kind of was like, wow, a movie's actually being a movie instead of, you know, trying to get points. Um, so she put all these rose petals on the bed and the, the lesbian, the other girl, the couple, I, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know their names. I'm not trying to insult or be rude or crude or anything. It's just, I don't know their fucking names because they don't say them. And when they do say them, they're in an English accent. It's very fast. And I didn't look this shit up on IMDb. There's no point to but she goes, it's kind of sudden. Okay, cool. So that scene was pointless. That could have been edited out. But seeing how the runtime of this movie is only 126 minutes with credits, I could see why they kept it in. Uh, all right, so now we have a flashback scene for reasons. And this is the stalker scene. It's really dumb. Just shows the main girl, survivor girl, and uh, that was talking to her therapist. She's in her bed and this like creepy guy with a white beard and, and long white hair like you know just kind of like messes with her bra strap and then she freaks out and and then the therapist like you got to get away and that's why we're here now and all the other girls like that's horrible you that's why we did this harry potter is good 
right? So then we see Pooh and Piglet, and they're at their camp, and Chris is alive. We thought he was burned alive, but apparently not. Apparently that cartoon didn't happen. I don't know why they drew it, but now he's all chained up and shit. And uh, yeah, he's he's there and 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 he's injured and he pleads to Pooh and uh, you know Piglet. <laughs> is on a bike like generating power they have like a fucking like power generator hooked up to a bike it is what it is and then anyway um Pooh, like after uh, christopher robin like pleads his case Pooh gets all mad and smashes like all the 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 crates that are clearly empty like total Resident Evil 4 status. Just like, I'm gonna break open all these boxes to see if there's herbs in there. Well, there's no herbs. But then he gets he, a whip and starts whipping uh, Christopher with it. Well, it's made out of Mary's hair. And we see Mary is like a skeleton now. She's like a juicy skeleton, but a skeleton nonetheless. You know, yet she's put into a sink and somehow her juiciness drips into the sink and rains blood on Christopher Robin. Let me tell you this. There is not a pint of blood on this thing. It's just a juicy corpse. Yet it rains blood on Christopher Robin for a while. There is no reverse suction. It's gravity suction. This would not happen. This alone is going to let, but the corpse does look cool. But this effect is so dumb because it's so like not feasible that it, 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 if you watch movies like me, I'm like, no movie, no, 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 no. I got a piece, so we gotta wrap this up. We anyway. So then we see the other only hot girl in this movie, and there's even a scene of her of just like putting on her bathing suit, and it's really awesome. And you're just like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, hopefully she's cool. She you one would think, right? She's way too hot to survive though, but hopefully she'll be cool. Well, anyway. She decides to go in the hot tub and she starts taking selfies of herself and uh, her eyelashes are super fake, but besides that, everything else is good. Sorry, I'm not trying to be objective, but dude, she's really good looking. I'm sorry. Fuck, I mean, what would you do? If you're reviewing a movie and a girl's hot, you're going to go, dude, the girl's hot. Her eyelashes suck. Here is a really shitty thing, though. As she's taking, well, obviously she's too hot to live. It's a horror movie. As she's taking all these selfies, right? You know, and she's taking like lots of them. You know, she's going to post it on the gram. Uh, did the kids even say the gram anymore? Anyway, probably TikTok. And then she notices in the background that there's something there and it's Piglet and Pooh, right? So uh, then they, uh, Piglet and Pooh come over and they chloroform her. They put a rag to her face, right? And she gets knocked out. And then uh, they hog tire for reasons they could just kill her easily she's passed out in a hot tub but they decide to take her out hog tire and then as piglet comes over to her and he's got a fucking sledgehammer and you think oh shit you know no she's hog tied like hands behind the back and and feet tied behind tied to the hands you think oh no like you know oh they didn't kill her in the bathtub because they're gonna kill her with this hammer no they don't even do that he just kind of stands there and then slowly in a BMW, Pooh runs over her face. This is very unnecessary. And on top of that, what really makes me even more mad is that one, I have to pee and B, her eyeball flies out and it looks really cool, but the effect sucks. Back in five. So yeah, her eyeball falls out. It 
it's fabulous. I, I, I'm done peeing. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. So now the other girls head out. So we only have, so we have the hot girl dead, the other hot girl dead, the one that didn't actually make it. And then we have the girl that was taking selfies. She's dead. So now we have the the ladies who are romantically involved, to be very politically correct. Then we have another girl that looks like Velma, who has zero character. And then we have our other lady, who's our survivor girl, who has zero character, except for the fact that we know she goes to therapy. So here's the thing about a horror movie. In order to have horror, you need to care about the characters. We have no idea who these characters are. The only character we know of a little bit is Christopher Robin, only because of the backstory of Christopher Robin. We don't know anything about these girls whatsoever. We know that there's the main girl who went to a therapist, therefore she's probably our survivor girl. That's what we know. We know that there is two other girls that are romantically entwined, therefore we know that they are our lesbian girls. Then we have the hot girl that likes to take selfies, who's dead now at this point. And then we have, and she's dead, she has no character development anyway. And then we have another girl who died getting lost, so she's the bad at directions girl. And then we have another girl with glasses, so she is the Velma girl. Like, really, we have no character development from any of these, any backstory. We get a tiny flashback of the stalker thing with the original girl. These characters are meaningless. We know more about Pooh and Piglet at this point. And they're trying to keep that kind of like creepy. But it's not, nothing about this is, there is no stakes in the game. You're playing with house money on a penny arcade. It's, anyway. You know, as I talk about this movie, I realize how and more and more ridiculous it is. It's, it's bad. It's a really bad movie. I mean, if you were to cut up the kill scenes, it, in fact, if you were to take away the fact that if you were to change Christopher Robin to Christopher uh, uh, Smith and not even call him Pooh and Piglet, if you were to just call him like Piggy and Bear, this movie would not even be known about, honestly. The only reason it has any clout, any any relevance whatsoever is because they marketed it as a dark Winnie the Pooh fairy tale. And it's not. It's not even a fairy tale. It's not anything. It sucks. Let me go on and tell you why it sucks. I'm actually going to... I'm, I'm not just going to be opinionated asshole. I'm actually telling you why this movie is garbage. All right. So, anyway... Where the fuck was I? Um, yeah. So now the girls arm up, right? One of them grabs a sledgehammer. Uh, and then there's like, get out written in blood on the windows. And it's done on the inside. Oh, they're inside the house, right? And uh, uh, Pooh is stalking and surrounding them. And you see like bees surrounding him. And I guess that's like his like 
creepy power that he has. Candyman knocked on the door and said, you know what, you can go ahead and have my bees. I got better shit to do, you know. So they arm up with this uh, sledgehammer. Also, one of them grabs a, a claw hammer. One of them grabs a revolver, which, by the way, is fucking huge. Like, we're talking about, like, a Colt Anaconda. It's a huge gun. This is like a go-through... This gun is so huge that if one of the... To the if to an untrained person firing firearms, you would knock yourself out by hitting yourself on the head. It is that big. And then finally, a butcher knife. And of course, they split up. They're like, we need to get out of here. Like it says on written in blood. Let's go. And they split up in teams of two, right? Now, uh, the romantically involved females, they go into a room with a pool. And this room is actually really cool. Um, it's like a small, like, lap pool. It's probably heated. And when they go in there, right, Piglet's waiting for them, and he has a sledgehammer as well. I don't know why... I don't know if Triple H directed this and just put sledgehammers in every corner, but apparently so. So, um... He's welding a, a sledgehammer and uh, a chain, you know? And, um... The coolest scene is actually, well, not the coolest scene, but a cool scene in this movie is he actually jumps in the water. Well, first he uses his, like, you know, chain he has around his neck and kind of whips it around, but it does nothing. He jumps in the water, and there's, like, a slow chase because he's wait, they're both waiting in uh, uh, elbow-high water, and he's swinging it, uh, this sledgehammer after, and, you know, when you're in water, everything is, like, really hard to move around especially you know doing a sledgehammer it takes a lot of core work where if your core is underwater um anyway but he finally does nail her and it's the coolest scene in the movie when he actually nails her oh i don't know the first kill is pretty cool too the kill scenes in this are actually not bad until the cgi pumps in like the fake cgi blood oh jesus christ i'd rather they just had practical effects and you don't really need blood spray we get it we just need to see the aftermath like for instance the movie seven we just covered you don't need to see blood to understand you know brutality so anyway he chased her down and brains her and then uh we get a fade to black with the other girl right and then the last two girls we see uh uh Piglet is chasing her away, and then um, the other girls follow. Why? I don't. I don't know. And then Pooh eats honey, and and you you know. So the other girl that you know the other girl's girlfriend. God, this is getting confusing. The lesbian chick that was brained. She's now tied up, like in a uh, on the knees with arms out positioning, and um, Pooh starts eating honey. And, he, and it looks like he's going to, like, spit it on her or whatever and have the bees attack, but that doesn't happen. Maybe it wasn't in the budget. Um, but anyway, she's bound down, and then he just decides to whip her. And then uh, one of the girls goes, we can't leave. This is the other group, the Velma and the survivor girl go, we can't leave. Someone else is trapped in here. And uh, by the way, they have zero way of knowing this, like zero way. And that other person is Christopher Robin. They never mention him. It's it's never talked about. You never even hear him cry out. But they're like, we can't leave. Someone else trapped in here. 
movie? What the fuck? How the... No. How are we supposed to know this? They don't let it be known whatsoever, by the way. There is not one point where they actually meet, speak, find his wallet, his keys, evidence of being there, nothing. The survival girl just goes, we can't leave, someone else is here. So anyway, they save Christopher Robin, who's all tied up and stuff, and, and he's been tortured, obviously, you know. And then they hear another help me from another person. Person we've never even seen before. Now, if they would have done something smart, like the first girl, instead of just like killed her off, maybe this is her now. But no, this is a totally different person we've never seen. Oh, and get this. <laughs> all right, hold on. Um, she's all tied up. Her face is mutilated, right? And they save her too. You know, they question her a little bit, but they unlock her. And, uh, uh, you know, um, she's ripped off from the hospital. She's all mutilated. The girl is, uh, seeking out Piglet. Uh, she's got the revolver, the same revolver the other girl had. God knows how she got it. Not the same girl, by the way. And now her and Piglet get in a standoff. She shoots one bullet and the gut is empty. Okay, here is another problem. This gun has been showed once in this movie. Now, if there were shots fired before, I could accept this. But either if you are a gun owner, you either load a gun to full clip with one not in the chamber if it's automatic for safety reasons, obviously. But if it's a revolver, you always load it up to the full because that's what you do with a revolver. You never have an empty chamber in a revolver. That's why you always have the safety on, et cetera, et cetera. It'd be pointless to have an empty chamber in a revolver because you're just going to put stress on the gun when you pull back the cock and or the hammer rather. And you know, it's just it's just smarter to have it ready and then you pull back the hammer on, on gun safety, guys. Look it up. Um, so she shoots a bullet and it's empty, right? That's it. Just just one shot. And of course, like, you know, Pooh and and they're all satisfied, like, ha, 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 that was their plan the whole time. Why would you have one bullet in there if it was your plan the whole time? Wouldn't you give it to her and just let it click and then go, ha, ha, ha? I mean, what, if, what are the chances of, and this gun's big as shit, too. What are the chances she actually hits you? It's going to put the fucking size of a golf ball through your body. Why would you put one in there? Either have it fully loaded or nothing. This bothers, this movie, this whole fucking movie bothers me. So then Piglet pours honey all over her face, or sorry, uh, Pooh does, and then Piglet eats it. And then uh, he Piglet gets brained via sledgehammer from behind by the other lady that likes ladies whose lady died earlier. So anyway, yeah, the other lesbian chick, she, you know, tries to torture Piglet and she ties them all up and she starts hitting him in the face with a sledgehammer. This part's actually really cool. This is like one of the only cool parts of the movie because she like whacks him and she doesn't use her strength. She uses the momentum of the hammer and it looks more brutal than if she just swung because it's just kind of like a pendulum swing and it looks very, very evil. Anyway, and then Pooh just decides to go, enough of this bullshit, after she kills Piglet, by the way. Pooh picks her up and impales her via the, uh, through the mouth via machete, 
and and it's the exact same scene in, in Halloween one where he impales um, the dude with the glasses against the wall with the machete, cocks his head. Now the gas station attendant shows up with his three redneck buddies, yay, dosis machina. And now all we have left is uh, uh, the Velma girl and we have Survivor girl, right? I don't even remember if, if Chris, that no, Chris is not there actually. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the gas station dependent, they catch up with the two girls, right? And they're like, what's going on? And now Pooh's blocking the road and the four rednecks attack, right? One's got a bat, one's got a bottle, one's got a crowbar, and one's got a sledgehammer. Again, what the fuck is with it? They bought one sledgehammer, and they're like, we're gonna get our use out of this motherfucker. This sledgehammer should be actually more credited than any of the girls, because at least I can remember what it's called. Sledgehammer. So they attack him, and I'm not even fucking lying. Pooh actually gains a foot in height. They either film it that way, or they make him bigger. Now, Winnie the Pooh actually is now like nine feet tall when he was originally like seven feet tall. And uh, they beat the shit out of Pooh. Like he gets hit in the nose with a sledgehammer, uppercut style. He gets hit in the back of the head with a wine bottle, which actually wouldn't do much. And he gets hit uh, like, you know, Charlie horse, with all these bats and all these weapons, like, uh, you know, the, the tire iron all of a sudden, you know, or not tire iron, crowbar rather. They beat the crap out of him, and Pooh makes short work out of him very quickly after taking a bunch of hits and just standing there. Here goes a really funny thing about the scene, though. If you actually look, so let me mention this movie that they're not like anapromorphic or hybrid animals. They're just dudes wearing masks. It's clearly dudes wearing masks, and they're not even good masks because you can see underneath, you can see their eyeballs and stuff underneath. Winnie the Pooh's gloves, I'm not kidding, are those classic dishwashing gloves, the yellow ones? They're, it's, it's clearly them. So I think Christopher Robin was hanging out with a bunch of chomos in the forest, and he just decided to block out shit out of his memory. Maybe that's actually where the plot's going. I don't know. I just watched it. I didn't write the fucking thing. Ah. <sighs> So anyway, Poopy's the shit out of all of them at the last moment. He just decides to fight back at some point. He summons some bees, kills one guy. He Seth Rollins stomps another guy. You know, curb stomp, that guy dead. Kills him, no big deal. So then the truck pulls off. It's the Velma girl and Survivor girl and they're driving off and Pooh just appears on the back of the truck and starts attacking, right? And the girls are like crying and all that shit. And then, the Velma girl gets purred out, pulled out um, at by her hair, and then just then Survivor girl's like ah, and she looks up and he's holding it up Nick Berg status, you know, he's just holding up the head like Sub Zero wins, and then he tosses the head. This part's pretty funny. The head actually lands on the windshield, and she turns on the window wipers, and you see it kind of bouncing around. And then uh, the Survivor girl tries to drive off, you know with a head on the windshield, but she can't operate a vehicle at this point. So then Christopher Robin smashes into Pooh, so they're sandwiched. He's, you know, impaled them between the two trucks. And of course the truck catches on fire, which means, you know, there's gonna be like a cool ending. Um, and then, uh, but that doesn't happen actually, because Pooh just kind of pushed them apart and he's got his butcher knife from the records. And now Chris is pleading like, 
you know, like, don't, I'll stay with you. She's nothing to do with it. Like, I'll stay with you forever. We can, we can hang out in 100 Acre Wood. And then the only time we ever hear Pooh say anything, he goes, but you left. And then he slits her throat. Now this part is actually cool. My 14% of this movie is everything I just said, but this part is actually cool. Yeah, this is one of them. So then Pooh walks over and he's got doo-doo pants. I swear to God, it looks like he shit his pants. And he's just like, walk, like he has no knees. You know, he's just doing like the doo-doo pant walk. Everyone's had diarrhea once in your life. Don't even fucking lie. You pooped your pants once in your life. If you haven't, then you're not a real human being. And uh, he just starts to stab her in the head a bunch of times. That's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. There's nothing else after that. They even allude to another movie. They go like, coming next, poo, blah, blah, blah. Well, I already think you're going to do another movie. I'll be honest with you. This was an attempt at a Sharknado, if you will. This was an attempt to make a movie so good it's bad. And we need to stop feeding this fire. We really do. I mean, Return of the Killer Tomatoes is a great sequel off of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Now, there was ones after that, like Killer Tomatoes in France or whatever, but Killer Tomatoes is an okay movie. Return of the Killer Tomatoes is a great movie. The Stuff's a great movie. House is a great movie. Piranha is a great movie. There's certain movies out there that we know are supposed to be campy, cheesy, and funny, and they, they nail it. This movie is a cash grab. I didn't pay to see this movie. I'm not going to see say how I watched it, but let's just say it wasn't on the level. And I'm glad, because normally if there's a movie I like, I will buy it. In fact, there's a lot of movies I can't even find the fucking DVD or Blu-ray, and I'll just buy it on the spot on Amazon, especially if it's requested by you guys. I will never pay a dollar for this movie. This movie sucks. It's clearly a cash grab. Um, it came out at just the right time with the whole Disney controversy, so it has that going on with it. But I'm telling you, this it's not even worth watching. I'm pretty sure, and I don't even find myself entertaining. When I have to listen back to these to make sure everything recorded, I didn't get a right error. Believe me, I fast forward through it very quickly. If I hear myself for over 15 minutes, I it, it kills my sex drive for 15 days. Um, my review of this movie is more entertaining than this movie. I'm just going to be dead straight with you. Don't watch it. Um, if you absolutely want to see how bad it is, you're going to be disappointed because it's this is the thing. It's not that bad. I mean, it is bad, but it's not campy. It's just bad. Like, it's not hammer film bad. It's not tongue-on-cheek bad. It's not, you know, the blob bad. It's just bad. And that's really all I got. Well, from all of us here at the Night Party Podcast, remember to be kind, rewind, I need to go turn some videotapes. But I leave you with this. 
Kenny Loggins, motherfucker. Metal. Knife Party Pod. Christopher Robin and I walked along Under branches lit up by moon Posing our questions to our Lindor As our days disappear on to see But I've wandered much further today than I should And I can't seem to find my way back to the world Only if you can I to the house at Blue Corner by one You'd be surprised there's so much to be done Count all the bees in the hive Chase all the clouds from the sky Chase the clouds away Back to the days of Christopher Robin Hood Just up on his nose. He came to me asking help and advice. From here, no one knows where he goes. So I sent him to ask out the owl if he's there. Out loose in a jar from the nose of a bear. Help me if you can, I've got to get back to the house and who called about what. Be surprised there's so much to be done Count on the bees in the high Chase all the clouds from the sky Chase the clouds away. Back to the days of Christopher Robin Hood Seem to follow throughout all our lives After all said and done I was watching my son Sleeping there with my bear by his side So I tucked him in, I kissed him And as I was gone I swear that old bear Whispered boy, welcome home Leave me if you can, I'm fine to come Back to the house, blue corner by one And what do you know, there's so much to be done Count all the bees in the heart Chase all the clouds from the sky Chase the clouds Back to the days of Christopher Robin Back to the days of Christopher Robin Back to the way. Back to 